What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. I've got a great episode in store for you today uh, and a whole bunch of fun stuff coming down the line. And this is all made possible by my good friends at KEH Camera, the world's largest buyer and seller of used camera equipment. You know, I just love their mission to make photography more accessible to everyone by selling certified, fully warranted used camera gear. Their collection of gear is insane, ranging from vintage film equipment to some of the latest DSLRs in the market. Uh, they got it all, and it's all up to 40% off of retail value. So it's really easy to find the camera that fits your needs with KEH Camera. I recently had the opportunity to upgrade my own gear, and they made it so easy. Uh, I talked to a gear expert and who's also a photographer, which is amazing. Like, How often do you get to talk to somebody who also is a photographer online? And I uh, was able to pick out the perfect gear, and they work with me. Um, to kind of understand what my needs were, what I was trying to do. You know, I talked about the podcast, you know, potentially starting a YouTube channel, headshots, all this different stuff. And they were able to work with me to put together a kit that perfectly met my needs. And uh, over the last couple of months, I've been using it with my personal freelance clients, um, with my friends and family. And it has been so exciting to dive back into photography. And, you know, with this new gear from KEH, I really feel, feel like there are no limits as to what I could do. So, you know, I'll be documenting that in the coming months. Be sure to check them out at KEH.com and use my code ROBJ11 to save 5% off your first purchase. Once again, that's ROBJ11 at KEH.com and you'll save 5% off your first purchase. And without further ado, here's the show. Yo, what's up, Jay? Yo, what's up, Jazz? Ain't nothing so Welcome back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. Today, I am joined by my brother, uh, a friend, a mentor, a real day one type guy for yeah. Meet the Creatives. Uh, I remember when I started the show. Um, you were in New York City. You were kind of looking at some stuff, and I think you had just got back from working at Nike headquarters on the yes. global design team at Nike in Portland. Uh, and then we met on Skype and then I came into the city. Um, you kind of were the, one of the first people, this is going to make me sound really young, but you were one of the first people to show me around at like Chelsea market and stuff like oh, that. Man. We oh man, we had great tacos. Oh, and so we, good. I remember we were bullshitting that day Yeah, and then we went sneaker shopping. It was such a fun day. Yeah. Yeah. Mad fun. Yeah, you you kind of sent me down this uh, this path of, of sort of like uh, thinking more about like my style and stuff like that and taking it seriously. Like right now, as I'm wearing like some some of like the, the latest uh, the latest Vans and I got like joggers on. There you go. This is a look that would have never happened without your your influence in my life. So. Oh well, Rob, thank you so much for the kind <laughs> words, and also I'm very happy that uh, I was able to help you update your drip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a guy approaching thirty. White guy living in the suburbs. I feel like I'm doing pretty well, pretty well myself. There you go. I didn't shave today. Or, or You're one of the many white guys living in the suburbs doing well for themselves. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's hop into it. Uh, well, we should probably talk about where we are today. Let's give some context. So yeah, for sure. What's your, your title? What you, you're overseeing a lot here, but yeah, what's the spark notes of what you're doing. Oh, cool. Well, no, thanks. Thanks for the kickoff. So uh, for the listener, my name is Rich Two, and I'm the vice president of digital design for MTV, VH1, CMT, and Logo. Gang, gang. Gang, gang. Here at uh, Viacom CBS. So shout out to Viacom CBS. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been doing this particular role here for a little over six to seven months now. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that was a shift from being the vice president of brand design for MTV. Right. Uh, brand creative. I mean, to, to the listener, that's probably not so meaningful of a shift, mm. but uh, organizationally it was a big shift. 
and now I oversee a lot of the brand's presence yeah. um, on digital across platform for, let's say, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, um, also emerging platforms like TikTok or Twitch or emerging to, to us in terms right. of like, um, you know, media uh, participation or um, large media participation. But also, you know, it takes a village. So I work with an amazing team. Um, and I've, you know, shout out to Gavin Allowen, uh, one of my, you know, one of the one of the Sith, like rolling, you know, two at a time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so shout out to Gavin and and all those amazing creatives. Yeah, I, I would imagine that working at a company like uh, MTV and, you know, obviously uh, CMT and all those different ones and VH1. Those are all networks that have historically been like kind of innovators in like the digital space. And, you know, is there a lot of pressure because of that? Because it's like people, when they think about MTV, they think about like vibrant identity systems. I mean, you know, like if you go, for example, like if you're in school for, for visual communication design, you talk about like, you know, fluid identity systems. MTV is like, you know. Like the OG. Yeah, the OG. The OG right. of the fluid identity system. Right. Well, that's the that's the really interesting thing from as a as a creative and as a designer, the the most fun thing walking in, especially from the brand creative space, was the idea that the identity was flexible, that mm-hmm. there was an eclectic nature to built the creative into it, right. built into it. And that's that's already part of the the community's understanding. Um, so, you know, really a lot of our work when it comes to just pure identity, like the, the sense of it mm-hmm. is, is applying it onto new thought and allowing it to, to grow and, and adjust, uh, you know, organically, um, and also in conjunction with, with whatever property it aligns itself to my property. I mean like a franchise or, or a show, right. like for a t- quote unquote TV show, which, w- which is what we call like a linear show or a YouTube property. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might be something as simple as, you know, the branding, like, you know, lining from a color palette space, mm-hmm. or it might be something, um, a little bit more of a, like a, you know, more of a tweak or an adjustment. Uh, right. Is it like a, you're just talking about the before on the phone about the difference between like a brand refresh and a, and a brand, like a whole new thing. Exactly. Right? Yeah. There's a difference between a rebrand and a refresh and I've seen this in person I've seen it firsthand in person yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly I know I was answering some emails in front of you I was a good friend today (laughs) yeah oh my god Rob well no Rob for real you're you're a great friend and also you know I know we message each other like off the cuff like pretty regularly yeah for years now It's, it's actually been I think I was looking the other day I think it's been like three straight years of friendship and mentorship and yeah uh even before we met in person so then when we met in person it was kind of cool yeah for sure actually yeah. wait how did we even meet digitally did you would you reach out to me cold like what yeah was that? you worked you worked at uh at nike yes you know i think this would be kind of like a fun opportunity too because you know we've already we've we've done one of these and i definitely want to like get a whole bunch of like practical stuff in there but i think yeah it, it could be kind of fun now that they're because people kind of know the backstory um, just about how we met and cause one of the questions as we're kind of venturing into a new season that I, that I get a lot is like, how are you meeting these people? Right. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, how are you doing it? And I think that you're a great example of it because at the time I didn't have like a roster of, of ridiculous. Like now I'm just like, you know, yeah, now you're check, crushing it, it. check out my Instagram or if you're sure. not interested, I'll people are hitting you up. Right. Right. Yeah. You hit me up today. This is cool. I did. <laughs> I did. I was yeah, like, yeah. Rob, are you coming? Yeah. 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 I was like, Oh my God, he's, he's I was so too flattered. Big, he's was, too big time for me. I was so flattered, bro. I'm telling you, that's my crowning achievement so far. In Get out of here. No way. Um, the way that I met you originally was I had first discovered, uh, working, not working, uh, with Justin and I went to like, I think an overshare and stuff. Right. Uh, I also have a, ta- you know, I'm going to put an asterisk next to this and say that I have a terrible memory, but I'm pretty sure I went down like this. 
uh, I discovered Justin Genak and the work and the working oh, networking yes, network. Yes. And then um, I know that you guys were like really close at that time. You're so close now, but um, oh no, I love Justin. I actually saw Justin very recently. Actually, yeah. also shout out to uh, Adam, his partner over at working out working. We yes. just we shot a piece for their brand video that they're doing tomorrow. Nice. So I saw Adam just yesterday. Yeah, and at the time, uh, I know that you, you guys were kind of close, and and I was. Uh, an impressionable kid in, in college, and I was like, I want to go work at Nike. I want to go be on the global design team. <laughs> so we re reached out, and then I think we want to relocate to Portland, Oregon. Right, right, right. And then I, it gets a little bit blurry. But then uh, Sunday afternoon had an, oh, uh, had an art show. Right, right. And then shout out to Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I think we had met maybe before that. Yeah, and then uh, I met Juan Carlos Pagan that night, and we were kind of just like holding each other in the street. She's like, "I love you, man. We're gonna be best friends." Wow, that that's quite a JC move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had no idea who he was. He was like, "Yo, I know who you are. I love you. Give me a hug. Give me a hug." <laughs> oh, that is that's JC's energy. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely his energy. And then we became like like best friends, and all of us have become great friends over the years. Yeah, so. and you guys did that live podcast as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Type Thursday with John Contino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we did that one too. Yeah, so it's been amazing, and you know, um, when. People are talking about, you know, how do I get, how do I get started? Right. You know, it's like I think people would would see the the caliber of guests and and they'd be like, wow, like okay, like that's pretty crazy. But it all started out just like kind of growing. Like I met just I first I met Cl uh, Claire Wasserman, then I met Justin. Oh, the, I love Claire. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, she was just start uh, pretty much just starting ladies ladies get paid, which is kind of like a household name these days. Right. Uh, um. But I, I met her and then I met you. And for anyone that is like looking to kind of grow their creative network, I think that our friendship is a great example of kind of just keeping in touch and um, not being transactional. I mean, you had some pretty ridiculous jobs. I was never, you know, I might be like, <laughs> yo, it's dope. To, it might be cool to work at MTV. But, yeah. you know, we've always kind of had this like younger, older brother type relationship. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that. So thank you. Oh, well, it's my pleasure. Yeah. It's my absolute pleasure. And I, you know, I look at you like a true friend. Yeah. And I look at you as someone that, you know, I... Yeah, I, we were soulmates from the second we talked Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Over yeah. tacos. Yeah. Uh, I look at you as someone who I can I can lean to just as a soundboard mm -hmm. and also just someone who who has good taste in terms of the people Close. that they've... Yeah, they've... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> drip. I'm, I'm getting those chinos. Uh, <laughs> chinos and drip. Yeah. Uh, but it's funny that you say the term transactional yeah. because the word transactional is something that... It, when you're when you're in a position where there's a lot of messaging coming at you from so many spaces, oh, like the word that's professional, mm -hmm. um, where uh, those are also people that are looking to you know to uh, well look without putting it too too lightly like looking to be employed by you right you know so a lot of things can feel transactional um, or a lot of things turn transactional in in a way that may make parties uncomfortable yeah I always kind of encourage people to work on their skill set maintain those relationships and then when the opportunity arises it's like if you're qualified for it you can yes. do it yeah yeah for sure yeah. cream rises to the top it has to be a fearless situation like yeah. i'm even at this point in my life and i'm i'm speaking very <laughs> off the book right now right i'm these are all your personal views they do not reflect that of you know, yeah, yeah. Or yeah exactly my personal <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much uh, <laughs> uh for yeah for me like the way i'm thinking constantly is that I, I, I'm ready to, to jump into the ether at any moment. 
and mm-hmm. and but that's a fearless mentality that probably I need to <laughs> probably going to temper itself over time mm-hmm. for me. But it's you see like these old skaters that skate still into their fifties and sixties that's fearless with their body, looking right. like a Tony Alva, still like right. killing it in a bowl. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, well you you must like you're taking calcium pills this morning because <laughs> you probably have to, right? Uh, but there's still a fearlessness. You're still okay with falling down. Right. The first time that I had the fear of, oh my God, uh, the future, or I saw, oh, let's put it this way. The first time I felt my own mortality, mm-hmm. I was in Portland. Yeah. And uh, oh, I, had, I dealt with this so much. So I'm happy to talk about it with you. Oh, for sure. This past year it was like, right. I'm going to die. Everyone around me is going right. to die. Well, I had appendicitis. Oh, wow. I had appendicitis when I was in Portland and I hadn't had health insurance for almost 10 years. Wow. And, and when I went to Nike, it was a blessing in disguise, not a blessing in disguise. It was a blessing because it was working at Nike. Right. Was that I had health insurance for the first time. And then four months in, my appendix decides it wants to almost burst. Wow. So I'm sitting at home watching TV. I think I had food poisoning that day. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting at home. It feels bad. And, I, and it goes until like 2 a.m. At 2 a.m., I'm doubled down on the floor, like crying right. in, into the night. I was like, Allie, my fiance, I was like, I'm like B, we call each other B. I was like B, I gotta go to the hospital. I I can't do this. I uh, this isn't this is food poison. It's something else. So we go. I I Uber to the hospital. Um, I feel like she didn't believe you because I feel like you you, you do this a lot. <laughs> what yeah. I cry out into the night yeah, no, and I need help. She's like, come on. <laughs> I My wife is like that with me. She'd be, she'd be like, no, you're fine. Exactly. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be exactly. Fine. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's how Ellie is. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time. Yeah. So I, I crowd onto the night and then she we Uber to the hospital and then I I I, I get to the ER. It's raining. Uh, I I get to the ER and I just lie down on the floor. So hack for everyone that wants to get served within an ER, in my experience, lie down on the floor. They just don't want people on the floor at the oh, wow. ER. That's a good move. Lie down. Okay. Right? They'll get you up. Um and also say that you can't breathe. Yes. Because, yeah. Pro tip. Pro tip. Okay. Um so they they diagnosed that it's appendicitis and then I talked to the doctor he's like yeah so you know your insurance will take cover uh your insurance will cover the uh the surgery it's blah 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 you know I was like oh cool how much would that cost if I didn't have insurance They're like oh yeah that would be about $50,000 I'm like oh shit I'm glad I took this job right, right. <laughs> you know that's so crazy yeah so otherwise I would have like you know would have been like another school bill right I still have the fearlessness I still don't care right I, I could, I felt that, and I know that I will feel that again in some capacity. But like, talk about you know being frustrated, or whatever. I'm down to still go into the street and hustle from the ground up. I don't care. That's not. It's a. It's a mentality that you're born with. A mentality that you stay with you. It's like Tony Alva falling down still, but he's like pushing sixty or something. It's okay. Yeah. You just have to be that. Right. That's, that's the tenacity long term. Yeah. No, the long game exactly. I think it comes down to two mindsets and these two mindsets are, they are uh, independent of age, independent of race, creed, color, all this stuff. There's, do you want either a stability, normalcy, or do you B want excitement? Yeah. I look at it like gambling. Like there's, there's poker, you're sitting, playing the long game, examining each transaction and there's a pace. It's like a, it's a pace, right? Mm. And then theoretically you could sit at a poker table for a long time and then lose just a small amount of money, 
just because you're just like you're you're putting in your right you're being your, conservative your, exactly yeah. you're playing conservative or you can go big right but then at a blackjack table you will lose quickly i'd rather sit at a blackjack table because that's what i want to do right that's the pace i want to live with yeah. my life and and if i if i crave the day that i crave stability uh, a normal quote-unquote normal schedule uh, then then I'll adjust to that. I, I have faith that I'll adjust to that, but it's, it really comes down to the desire of the individual. Right. And then that, whatever your POV is right. in that or whatever your desires are, that will, that will, you know, that'll dictate what level of fear you live by. Because right. some people have less fear and some people have more fear. So, you know, one of the things that I want to kind of talk about is... Uh, some great examples of design. You know, in this case, we're talking about branding and identity design. I think that's kind of fun. Who are your influences? And and when you were first starting out, how much like mimicking did you do? Did you have like, did you ever have somebody like you wanted to be just like them and were them a little bit too much? Because I had that. For sure. Well, in the very beginning, when I wanted to enter illustration, I was really looking at a lot of street art. It was in that beautiful losers era that that west coast low brow high fructose giant robot type of aesthetic and okay. i was looking at a lot of those artists, artists like you know barry mcgee and and margaret kilgallen and also you know even like a raymond pettibon from from just a like a like an illustrative but uh, fine art perspective i guess for lack of a better way of expressing yeah. that when i was younger younger i always looked at comic books i was always such a big comic book fan do you have a specific one like um well just from a fan base perspective i might be nerding out a little bit uh i was i was an early 90s guy i think a lot of like deep comic book fans uh don't love the early 90s because it was like the glut era mm. but for me i just have a lot of good memories of that right. but it's like how how uh, millennials or gen zers now have a good affinity for the star wars prequels right right but right. but then for yeah. someone like me i was like oh man the prequels word yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah 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 so Same. i'm with you on that yeah yeah so it's that kind of thing so um but uh i i love 90s design too like i, I would oh, love yeah. nothing more than to bring back like tastefully done drop shadows and like yeah. and devils and stuff <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so you know i still it, have that i want to like resurrect that it's a goal of mine to do a kind of a 90s looking project oh for sure oh yeah, yeah. actually that's so i'm probably talking to the right guy for it right actually, here, yeah maybe. we uh, we are at mtv right now okay <laughs> um well yeah for from a from a comic book illustrator perspective i was always into like david mazzicelli who did uh, Batman Year One? Actually, Frank Miller as an artist, but like uh, Dark Knight era art. Uh, even uh, I always loved early '90s Eric Larson, his amazing Spider-Man run. You have to send me some of this stuff. Oh, well, for sure, yeah. Mike Allred. Mike Allred. I'm a millennial, did... so I'll look it on Pinterest. Just, just send me the pins. <laughs> yeah, you're millennial as hell. Uh, <laughs> Mike Allred, who did Madman, and also he did a really good uh, Silver Surfer run with Dan Slott recently. Recently, Silver Surfer. Yeah, and exactly. Flesh. Exactly. That's a Kanye shout out. <laughs> um, let's see, Chris Bacallo. Chris, Bacallo. do you mean Mad Men? Like he did like the Mad Men like intro or something? No, no, like? Mad Men like a comic book. Oh, okay, yeah, it's wow. a, it's a comic I just book. I really um, showed myself there. <laughs> yeah, geez, oh my god, Rob. <laughs> oh, ugh, I'm so I'm so embarrassed for you. <laughs> Remember when Mad Men first came out and be like, oh yeah, boom 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 boom. <laughs> that was like I got chills just thinking about that. Oh yeah, for sure. It, it was interesting, like the 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 appearance or the 
uh, how to express this. The aesthetic was always beautiful, right. but the the way people perceived the the show. Yeah. Because if you listen to someone like George Lois, who uh, uh, yo George Lois and I are friends. Yo, on George Facebook. Lois, <clears throat> we're friends on Facebook. We're like I'm one step closer. Right. Oh, tight. Well, George <laughs> Lois, he, he, he was, was like, suggested friends, and I was like, <laughs> and he accepted it. I thought yeah. he I, for whatever reason I thought he'd say no. He just seems oh. like the kind of guy who would say no, you know. Yeah, because he's yeah he, you know, he seems like a touch and go one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. am I, are we friends, not friends? Do I'm a little bit me? intimidated to interview yeah, him. Exactly. I should, though. I gotta. No, I think, I, I, think I totally should. Dude, I mean, w- there's no time, like, right now to just right. at least ask yeah, yeah, what's yeah. the harm in asking. I talked to Seymour Quas. That was pretty cool. Oh, yo, Seymour. Legend. Yeah, I, I saw him speak once. Mirko Illich brought him into uh, my graduating uh, SVA grad class for yeah. illustration. I thought Seymour, I always thought the world I loved was Seymour. Him. Um, but yeah, it's I went to him and Paul Shares house. Oh yeah, that was that was wow. wild. That was wild. You went to the house. Yeah, yo, he's like, come by to the Tell house. Tell me, you took some coasters. No, I was really nervous. I was so nervous, and I was so fanboying the whole time because I'm such a fan of that like psychedelic aesthetic, and like you know Seymour Quast and uh, Milton Glaser, all that stuff. My my like, if you like go on my hard drive, all you see is a whole bunch of like Photoshop comps of me like trying to figure out how to do that. Like yeah, you know. I suck at it though. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of all your fault. You got me onto the illustration stuff, and I got really into that like hand drawn. Whoops! Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. If anyone's listening, this is how all of our conversations are. But it people is. people like it though because they like to be entertained to work and stuff. They like they that. do. So, yeah. I think they do, and also because it's real conversation. The art of between podcasting. Hu- yeah. Two humans. Also, you're actually talking educatedly about creativity. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm, I'm woke at the, on this stuff, bro. Uh-huh. I, got, I got a deep rolodex of useless. Deep. Useless graphic design information. That's the name of a podcast, Deep Rolodex. Yeah, Deep Rolodex. That's good. That's good. Yeah, so, or that or um, uh, like a fourth wave ska band. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to listen to a ska band called Daily's Gone Wrong. Oh, they were so good, though. They blow the doors off. <laughs> yeah, I kind of miss ska bands. Because you know, when a ska band was good, it was yeah. like the best. Anyway, yeah. Anyway. I, I, I can't speak educatedly about the source of ska, but ska I used to was... love Less Than Jake. Oh, yeah, yeah. Less Than Jake, I've of course. To my senses. That <laughs> That's yeah. a great song, man. It's like uh, if you took punk and jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Basically just up the tempo. I'm a, a music bit. nerd, so I appreciate that stuff. Oh, that's yeah. what's up. It's a lot yeah, of yeah. moving feet. Because I, I noticed, because I used to be a dancer. Kind of where I wear bands to this day, actually. It's a little bit of the, the uh, ska yeah. influence. Although the ska influence is like a, a lot of attention brought to shoes in some capacity. Yeah. Because there's actual dancing involved. So yes. people look at the shoes. Yeah. Um, but then some music cultures, uh, if you notice if there isn't dancing involved, then people don't care about the shoes. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Um, anyway. Sorry, graphic design influences. Here we go. For, oh, no, for sure. Oh, so what I was saying with George Lois. Yeah. So George Lois, and going back to Mad Men. To Jesus close Christ, I have the worst ADD ever. <laughs> we got there from George Lois. Yeah, that's no, but no, but I was enabling you. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know. But George Lois and Mad Men, the reception to Mad Men at the beginning was like romant- the idea of romanticized late 60s advertising thought. Right. Right. But then even George Lois at the time would have been like, he would have actually acknowledged the toxic behavior of that culture at yeah. the time. The misogyny, mm-hmm. the racism, the sexism. Um, also, you know, like uh, client relationships are always touch and go. But, the, right. you know, the substance abuse. Right. Uh, he, he would have like, yeah, Mad Men, like they are mad. They're insane. Right. Right. It was toxic. Well, like the pilot episode, like where he has his whole other life and then he comes home and he, uh, yes. and he, and like, he like turns the light off and like, like goes into bed with his wife. Yeah. It's like so crazy. I know that like in culture, it changes over, over time. You know, um, I think right now we're kind of seeing a return to more imaginative solutions. I think, I, I think. Yeah. 
I agree. I mean, like for big like corporate companies, I think that the logos are kind of just like you know we're seeing like everything is like sans serif and kind of safe. But yes, as designers though, I've ex- I've seen um, that people are starting to get a little bit more hands on. Yes. you know, digital brushes, the technology like Kyle Kyle brushes are oh Kyle T Webster, yeah, insane. By the way, open invite if you want to come to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> when you're like looking at you have new projects, you guys are rolling out new ideas and stuff like that. Um, where do you line up with like the law and order of design, kind of that Swiss aesthetic, and then mm. something that's more illustrative and, and fun? And because you kind of have a loud aesthetic, aesthetic, yes. your own personal work. Yeah, no, that's true. Do you I ever feel like they're trying to take that away from you. Oh, that's a, a, you have to fight for that. That's a good question. I, you know, well, the sick part of me does love to to get into the creative scrap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I do enjoy that. That's really fun. Yeah. Um, because also it's a conversation. Also, it's a back and forth. And, yeah. And uh, it's uh, the transaction. Sometimes if you take join the transaction. Yeah. Where, you know, like, I'm going to give you this. You give me this. You give me I give you that. You, you give me this yeah. other thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's fun because it's a, it's another type of communication, another type of talking to each other. Right. right, right. You know, and you take joy in that. And then yeah. it's not a win or a lose or a this or a that. Right. Um, give and take. It's a give and take. Yeah. Because also, you, must, you must be so good at that by now, man. I'm, I'm okay. navigated for a while now. I, I feel okay with it, you yeah. know. Uh, but I, I don't feel that people are trying to uh, quiet down my aesthetic. Right. If that answers the question in some capacity. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel that uh, I'm, I am, uh, I'm blessed to be in an environment and a creative and an aesthetic environment that has historically been loud. Yeah. In some way. Yeah. When you right. said that you were going to MTV, I remember, and you had, had and quite frankly, you had a lot of options, uh, you know? Yeah, I, I, I did. Yeah. You know, and, and that's because you had worked really hard for that. I'm not just, you know, but. Right. Um, no, but you're right. There it, were, there were options. Right. And so when you said MTV, I was like, oh, that feels right. Yeah. Intu- intuitively rich Two and MTV. That sounds like a, a good match. Yeah. I'm just wondering how much of you are you able to, cause now you're kind of overseeing things, but yeah. Well, nonetheless still leading the design. You know what I mean? Yeah. The the me the me part in the in the final product is different. It's changed. Yeah. Because before, let's say let's say ten years ago, the me part in the product would have been like my ability to execute from start to finish based on a brief and get the thing out that I that I in in my in my you egotistical mind, yeah, 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 I was like, oh, this is my this blood, is sweat, and tears are in this thing. My heart, and soul's in this man. Yeah. It was that thing. Yeah. What I take pleasure in now, because I work with a team, I lead a team, you know, and I, I work with other team leaders. And so I, I see a, a bigger picture of a, a, a 30,000 foot view of a lot of things. And then there's a high, there's a 50,000 foot view that I don't see. There's a 100,000 foot view that I yeah, don't see. Yeah. There are even bigger views. Right. You have to acknowledge that there's complexity. Yes. Right. So that the me, the personal touch that I put into something has now changed. The personal touch doesn't have to be like an aesthetic. Like I didn't choose that palette, but I I work with a team member, with a designer, with an art director who I trust and who I love and probably is my friend. And I trust their input into that because I want to empower them to feel that they have skin in the game. Yeah. So my skin in the game is their skin in the game. Right. It's just a more of a pay. So that that way they don't become disenfranchised and then exactly bring a hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Yeah, And and I don't want to rob them of their creative autonomy. And also, you know, they have to, I'm so happy we're covering this. This is something I've wanted to cover for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So I, and I didn't always have those skills. 
those skills didn't always exist in my toolkit. That's human empathy. That's understanding, learning. Yeah. That's, you know, you've being in a war zone, being the trenches. It's like sometimes you're in the trenches and then your fellow soldiers, um, your coworkers, right. you know, you see some of them, um, some of them, you know, emotionally collapse. You see sometimes, um, you know, you, you see bad yeah. reception to feedback. Also, you see bad meetings. You see right. this and that. And I'm not shy about saying that that happens on right. occasion. But, you know, you try to pick up and go on. I, I look at it now really like it, it's a coach. It's a sports metaphor. It's coaching a team. You know, my, my skin in the game is the player's skin in the game, the team's skin in the game. Right. So uh, what I bring into from a personal level is probably just more of an energy, a vibe. It's like, can we can we touch this? Can we move this? Can we adjust this? Um, or can I clear the way for you so you can create? Can I Can I talk to someone who is... Uh, who was putting a, a, a thumb on your neck and I can I tell them to put the pressure off so right. that you can feel good. Yeah. You know, um, um, but then also there's the quality control. And so much of it's mental too. Like when, so when much of it is mental. When you're like going in, like I, I could speak to it from like from myself personally going in. Like, yeah. you know, we were just talking about like earlier this year, I had yeah. kind of a, kind of a train wreck type situation. You know, it's fine. They all, you know, as far, as far as they, as far as they know, everything's totally fine. Right. But in my mind as like, a human being it was an incredibly like transactional experience yes and i just love knowing that there are people like yourself that are out there that that are, are trying to to stop that but right what is what is it like when you're in that situation and and, and is it difficult sometimes to be like 100 percent honest with people because right no that's kind of hurting their feelings you know yeah no that's, that's... You're, you got a big heart so I, can, I can't imagine you're just like listen like it's not working out beat it like <laughs> <laughs> i will say though that Whenever I, I, I've been both inside of quitting to people, I've quit to people. Yeah. I quit my job. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Uh, me too. I love it. Yeah. Quitting, quitting your job. Underrated. <laughs> quitting your job. <laughs> underrated. And I've also been quit too. People message me sometimes like, yo, I just quit my, quit my job because of your podcast. And I like that. Oh, so. I think it's cool. So going to that, the first thing I say to anyone that quits, that has quit within my space, has come to me and had to have the hard conversation. And right. it's a hard conversation to have. Yeah. And I said, has had to say at some point, hey, Rich, uh, I'm I'm chosen to leave or I've chosen to move on. The first thing I say to them is, first off, I want to say congratulations because that's it, that is a hard thing to do. Right. Right. And I and I always want to make sure that if they make that decision, I've celebrated the choice for them to make that decision. Right. Because I don't want them to leave with with bad thoughts bad feelings but also yeah. why make why make a hard conversation even harder right you know yeah and it's important what about the other way though the other I'm way i'm curious to know the other way oh, I've, when, I've, been, oh. I've been the quitter but i i've not been the person who oh when one has the accent when you have quit chopping block oh when you've been oh like when you've been let's say quote unquote let go yeah look i i think that if if we're in a conversation where you and i were were talking actually talking to each other and yeah. the relationship hasn't devolved to where I'm not even talking to you. Right. Maybe we shouldn't have started working together in the first place. Right. Then that was just a bad combination of elements from the jump. Right. So the the first way to offset. But a lot of guys are distant, though. A lot of people that I work for, they're yeah. distant. You know, I, 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 I work with my peers. Yeah. Like an average, speaking in advertising. Yes. I yes. work with my peers. And then there are other people, decision makers. Yeah. And then I'm not really able to have this conversations with them so i don't i don't get that feedback that i right that unconditional hey this kind of sucks 
Yeah. I think more. Hey, I think this people, isn't I think good. People, yeah, I think people want that. Do you think it's because of, of snowflake, the snowflake fear, the snowflake mentality, fear of also retaliation from from cancel culture? Um, I don't. N- I think it's just. Um, I'm talking about like when when um, intro level creatives, like early level creatives, do receive that. Do you feel that uh, when, uh, let's say, a person two or three levels above is being, let's say, non communicative, right, or poorly communicative, right, um, or there's just a lack of, you know, you yeah. just can't get anything through. I, I feel like no nobody wants to, you know, like one of the most meaningful and powerful conversations that I ever had in my yeah. creative career. I was working at BuzzFeed Product Labs. I had no business being there. My friend Josh, shout out Josh Lapley, I love you, brother. Um, you know, he got me an opportunity to work there and they were a bunch of killers and they were fantastic and they had a yeah. they had a wall of post-its and they had all this stuff. And I and I wasn't in a position where I was like ready. I was like still struggling with like, you know, like layer mass and stuff like that. Sure. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like now yeah. I have like the baseline skill set. like, Hey, like paying this out. I, I need this in 15 minutes. I could now get it to you in 15 minutes. But at the time I just wasn't ready for it. But, uh, Varesh, this guy that I worked for just sat me down, had a tough conversation with me and it was a wake up call, but it was a wake up call that I needed, but there have been so, and, and it was just unconditional feedback. Yeah. Like, like you need to go home Go on YouTube, figure this, like before you apply to another job, like go home, go on yeah. YouTube, learn this stuff or you're not going to make it and you're going to continue to get ran over. And you may not even hear another conversation like this, but this is going to continue to keep happening to you unless you work on X, Y, and Z. And it sucked and I left and I cried and, you know, yeah. I got halal with my last $13 and I had like, you know, like no money in my account, but it was like real tangible, tangible, actionable feedback. Yes. And when I've gotten that, it's been great. You might have those moments of mentorship, but for the most part, they're like on the job training. Yes. Pretty much like doesn't exist. It's sink or swim. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to get across. It's so nuanced because it's like on the one hand, it's like I'm advocating for companies to give young creatives an opportunity. But on the other hand, I'm also saying that you need to be self-sufficient. Yes. Yeah, that is true. Like you need to be able to have a baseline. That's absolutely true. Table stakes. Yeah. Clipping masks, typography, the yeah. grid. It's not, but it's not even that. Like it, it is that. Of course, that's a part of it. That's part of the. That's the technical aspect, the skill set aspect. Yeah. But then also, there's the mental ability to, to absorb the feedback meaningfully, mm-hmm. and then take the feedback and then also attune that feedback to that leader or whatever the briefs needs are. Because yeah. there's some there's some creatives that will take feedback and then the feedback will will spiral into something completely different. Right. It's up to the individual to be able to take the feedback. That's the intangible part. Yeah. That's the, how do you... Interpersonal, like, yeah. right. How, how the do ego you, and everything. Yeah, how do, you, how do you realign your process so that you can output and get it even closer? Yeah. Because, you know, I, I came from at SVA and also within even the, the early days of my freelance, it, from a baseline level, it was three rounds. You know, right. I'll give you a sketch. Here's the baseline approach. And then the second round is going to be honing in on that sketch, right? Adjustments, adjustments. And then after that point, it's going to be taking to quote unquote final. And then when I take you to final, 
I what my goal is is to give you that peace, and then it'll just be micro adjustments after the fact if we need. Yeah. And I've and I've I got a guy I'm making a menu with right now. I need you to, to explain this process to him because exactly. Get it. But then it's not perfect. I got, a, I got a little bit pissy today. In yeah. A, in a text conversation, <laughs> it's not perfect. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes you're calibrating the whole way. Right. But then if you have to calibrate the whole way. You have to have you have to overcome the mental. Right, you can't duress. be a liability. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, is it? Are we? Are you calibrating all the way because of some uh, inefficiency in your process? Right. Is it an inefficiency in the person who's briefing you? Is it in a in in an inefficiency in another location? You have to notice where the inefficiency is. Right. And also, you know, it's also like the building of the relationship. Sometimes it's just pure trust. Right. You have to have the trust. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, you and I can talk right. like, like human beings. Yeah. But then someone else that might be your contemporary, I, I may not click at all. Right, right, And then right. it might be a complete failure. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, like, dreams, if you will. Okay. Like aspirations? Yeah. Like what you want? Yeah, like right now I kind of have this, like... I really love NASCAR. I know it sounds so crazy, but like no, I, that's I, I grew up with it. Yeah, and it's kind of NASCAR like, is cool. Yeah, like you know, like some people are like into like like Red Bull kind of shit. I'm yep. into like NASCAR. That's like my thing. Yeah, and I just picture myself like being a photographer, like holding the camera and then like being there on like pit road and they pull out and just getting these like wavy, beautiful, sexy like shots and like yeah. really living out that dream. Yes, and I'm kind of like making tangible. Have steps you seen towards- Ford versus Ferrari? No, I have not seen it yet. Okay. Have you seen it? No, I haven't either. We'll go see it together one day. Uh, yeah, let's go. Let's okay. go right after this. I would. Yeah. Again, jump back on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah. Like a, a movie review. Yeah. So that's like a dream. That's like a real tangible thing. But, I, but I'm, like you said, like you kind of touched on it before. Like no one's really like looking for you. You kind of have to like put yourself out there. Yes. So I've, and I'm a big fan of this kind of just like having conversations with people, like not being ready yet. I mean, it's probably obvious about this podcast, but. I love I love not being ready, not being qualified, but having conversations with people. Yes, and as we mentioned before, in a non-transactional way, a big part of this podcast was like trying to validate myself. You know, talking yeah, about validation, of course. But in some ways, like I I didn't. I was so focused on like scaling the podcast and growing the podcast that that became the thing. Yeah. So I think that I still kind of have this stuff that I'm still like ironing out. Yeah. Into, for sure. I, I think like if I were to get like a dope job as like, a, like you know, like senior designer at like Turner right. Duckworth kind of thing and just work. But in, why? In, but work in why? The You're so past that. Well, I, I don't know why. Why? why I don't do you know. Want everyone that? says that. I you know. should be a content creator. You're a content creator. You're a content leader in the space. I'm trying to make guap, Rich. I'm trying to have a You kid. can make guap from being a content leader. I, I'm working in the content game. You could obviously guap is being made. What if MTV were to work on Meet the Creatives? What if this is a hard pitch right now? Oh, this is the hard pitch on the air. Mm. We'd have to talk about what the capacity was and also like what that means. And also, Word. you know, like the, the, I'm not actually, I'm not actually doing this. What I said. No, no, no. But look, but I'm, I'm saying very seriously that, that, do you uh, think I'm crazy for wanting to do that for, for wanting to, cause, cause my goal was to be like, like we said in the beginning of the podcast, like yeah. I, I wanted to be like a designer at like. Pentagram or like right. go like work for Brian Collins or, right. or something like that. Like, right. And it's, you know, it still is that way, but is that just, is that just like for my own personal value? Like, you no, know, but you know what? You don't want to work, work for Brian Collins. Yeah. You don't want to work for rich too. You right. don't want to work for Michael Beirut. You right. want to hang out with Michael Beirut. Yeah. You want to hang out with I rich. Do. You want to hang I out like with hanging, Brian. I like hanging out with Brian. Is that, you know what I mean? I love hanging out with Brian. That's what you want. You want to hang out. You want to feel their energy. Yeah. And you want that. Yeah, but part of you, though. You don't want to work for that. You don't want that transactional A part of you wants to be the practitioner, though. Like, I, I want to be, like, 
I have it in my head like I'm not an equal. It's like, and I, I, I whoa, don't, that's I, not. I don't want. I don't love that. I don't like, but it's, you, I, you are in another capacity. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but yeah, I guess so. This is interesting, actually. Like that, that we're that we're doing like the psychoanalyzing because it's it's true because though, practitioner like, is about skill set, technique. Like, can you fuck? Yeah, but I want to be. A, I want to be a great designer though. I gotta have that. I gotta. Mm, but work yeah, but, on that. but greatness is a is a label I that you work give on that yourself. Big McDonald's campaign or something like but, that. I just I'm, I'm gotcha. Oh, but then you not, probably, not even like McDonald's. But you know what I mean though. Like I want to have like a marquee. Like I want people to go to my portfolio and be like. Fuck. But then you wouldn't have time to be a podcaster. I know. I think I could do both you know, though. I do. I, I sound crazy I saying that. that. No. I I think you because I think people hear me talking to these people and they and they say like oh like on what grounds? On what grounds? Yeah. On what grounds do you want to be a great podcaster? No, like if I talk about graphic design. I sure. talk about brand identity. And people go, well, let's see his work. I, I don't uh, want to be like a talking head kind of thing. I'm like, sure. I'm afraid of that a little bit. I, and I think that I've, I've done some cool shit. You know, I think some of the work that I put together. I'm like, you want to be a talking head. You're afraid of that. What? Come yeah. on. But no one, no one thinks. But I went to school to be a great designer. And I feel like I haven't really gotten that opportunity yet to like take that and run with it. No, but, but they also have. They have full graduate program, grad thesis graduate programs that are based in design critique. It's right. not, it, it's a different thing. Yeah. It's a totally different thing. Yeah. It I can know. be a different thing. I think, I think I kind of just need to like, well, Julie Zhu said the same thing and she works, you know, she walks in with her morning coffee and sits down next to like Mark Zuckerberg. Right. And she was like, you should just keep doing this. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what are you talking about? Why would you? Why would you do? It needs to be financially else? viable, though. You know, and this can be financially viable. I don't know. Well, I have a sponsor. I have Kh, and I work with them, and that's really great. Right. I'm enjoying that, but it's not like you know. Yeah. No, but no. Stick with this. Yeah. St- stick with this. Stick with the thing that brings you the success. Well, you're you're talking about like in the room, right? Yeah, because you know, like I'm like in the room. Well, not- I also had the thing like with my 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 brother-in-law. Like I I. You know, I, unfortunately, I lost my brother-in-law like right. last year. I right. I knew that. And, but I took time off. Uh, I I took time away from like being in the space of like being a designer, like be, doing all, all like, you know, like I feel like I was like making this forward momentum, 10,000 hours kind of thing. And then all of a sudden I put that all on, on the back burner and right. just grew the podcast at the same time. Talk about 10,000 hours. You put a hundred thousand hours into this. I know you're a pro with this. Yeah. And also I appreciate you saying that because I've had such ADD today. Oh uh, no, but dude, <laughs> but you're, you're in a space where people who have no time, to do this, want to do this with you. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here with wanting to be a great designer. I know. That's a great aspiration. I respect every designer that wants to be a designer. Right. But you need to lean into what you are actually good at. I know. And embrace that part. If it's yeah. a money thing, then the the money thing, you can you can find a way to to make content on on a scalable in a scalable way that yeah. also brings home the bacon. I always have this reoccurring dream. Yeah, that I'm still in school. Yes, and I'm I'm stuck in school. I'm in college. I don't get enough credits, whatever. And when I started this podcast, I started it because my dean had a conversation with me. I had terrible grades. I was just like smoking weed and like hanging out with my friends, or whatever. And he was like, "Do you even want to be a designer?" And then and and so I started the podcast as a way to get myself serious about it. I never intended it for it to grow like it has. Uh, but I've kind of just like follow my mm. curiosity on it and and, 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 and growing with it. Um, Sounds like you started it at kind of out of spite. Yes, your- I did. I did. And I failed time and time again in the freelance space. And so I, I wanted to have it like, like I always wanted to like 
belong. But then also part of me loves the freedom. Like when I was like downstairs in the lobby and I just saw like 700 people just like piling out of those elevators. Yeah. Like working that nine to five, like working that grind. I've kind of learned to like, like the freedom of it. So, but I don't know where I stand and that's a scary place to be. Yeah, it is a scary place to be. I think really you have to wrestle with what you truly want. Yeah. I'm when, getting better at, at like blocking people out. Though. No, for sure. No, it's not, not even the people thing. It's like, right. was like knowing what you want, like right. knowing what you want, knowing what you're good at, knowing how to get it and yeah. then knowing what's actionable and also, you know, dealing with the practicalities of being a human being, a married man, right? You know, with with family responsibilities. Right. I want to have kids and stuff too. It's something yeah, I think exactly. about a lot. Stability. You talked about stability before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you have to. What's what's your wants, your needs, what you can live with, and what you can't live without. Yeah. You got to figure all that stuff out. That's true. I'm pretty like low maintenance though. I could be like very comfortable, with, like eighty thousand dollars a year. Like I'd be like sick. sure. No, uh, I hear you. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to be the chief creative officer of anything. I want to just. That's a tough role. Yeah, but, I, but I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't have, like, I don't I don't have, like, run shit mentality. But I do have, like, I want to talk to everyone. Yeah, so exactly. So I got to do where it's just intuitive. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. All right, dude. This has been so fucking amazing. I appreciate it. I love you. Love uh, you too, man. I don't, I don't want Yo, your- Rob, you you are literally, look, can I, can I yes. just big you up for a hot second? Yes, yes, yes. Rob, can I say that, A, uh, well, one, I love you. And yes. then also, I, I appreciated our first conversation so much, and it's not often that I- like to continue relationships in that capacity. Right. As that first start when they turn into actual real friendships. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think you're great. I think what you do is great. I think this podcast is so informative mm-hmm. and also educational and, you know, shout out to all your listeners because all your listeners that, you know, that take something away from you and your energy. Right. Just remember that you are informing design by virtue of them. Right. So even if you're not physically kerning the thing, right. you are giving your spirit to a, a greater Providing audience. utility, right? A, yeah. yeah, and you're, you know, you're, even if you're not talking about like skill sets, technical skills, or, you know, blah, 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 they are l- listening to your voice and being informed by you. Right. Which, so, which is, uh, yeah, I need to look at that like a service though. Some, but sometimes it just, it's come so naturally, it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it's just, it's so like, it's not it's, fun. It's it is altruistic and yeah. it is paying it forward. And also you're providing you are providing a service as well as entertainment. Yeah. Don't well, forget. When we, were, we first had the first talk. I mean, like I would have never imagined that the podcast would grow, like as it stands right now, like, currently like paying my bills. Like I never would have imagined that. But it was the intent going forward. I just I think I just got to get a little bit older, a little more time and just like let it keep rocking. Because now you've said that to me. Julie Zhu, who's like an idol to me. Yeah. Chase Jarvis, same thing. He's like, we went through a whole bunch of people and we like like got inundated with, with requests for this book tour. But like yeah. what you're doing is pretty dope. And it's, for sure. And it's legit. So Exactly. You need All to my heroes this, keep telling me to keep going. Turn this into a book. Turn this into something that's sellable. That's a Brian Collins told me to do. Yeah, come on, man. I think I do that book. Yeah, sounds like um, a bunch of smart people are telling you the exact same shit. Sounds like fucking great advice. Exactly. I love it. Dude, this has been amazing. MTV. Oh, uh, where can people find you online? All, all your plugs, whatever you want. Gotcha. Anywhere you want people to find you. Tight. So on social media, I'm at rich underscore tu nice. on Instagram. I don't really tweet. I always tweet the underscore, and then rich two is a completely different person. Yeah, exactly. So yo, um, if you're a listener, can you um make sure that you uh at rich two single word so that uh, you can uh. Ask him to give up that handle and give it to me. Yes. <laughs> no, but for real, on Instagram, my name is at 
rich underscore tu. Don't forget the underscore. And also, my podcast is at oh, first sorry, gen burden. Um, terrible but, job of bringing that up. No, no worries. No, honestly, this podcast is is a part two. Yeah, yeah. We, don't, we don't have to talk about that. Yeah. Um, but po- uh, my my podcast, um, which is about uh, creative conversations with immigrants in the creative community, uh, that is started just season five. Um, so it's we really just great. we had our first episode with Nansikalela Mutiti. And uh, next episode has Nicole Jasek, Noreen Morioka. We also got Adam Garcia. We got Che Noreen, Morales. come on the podcast. Yeah, there you go. Shout, hey, yo, Noreen. We need an intro. Do we I got to text you? What's happening right here? Yeah. Um, Adam Garcia from The Pressure, currently over at Apple Music. He's coming on. Nice. Bringing back Sophia Chang. Nice. Yeah, so it's it's really awesome. And uh, Anybody I, you want me to make connections with, too, from the podcast? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Too, yeah. Okay. No, we'll love I that. i got some cool, cool people. Dope. Yeah. So that podcast is First Generation Burden. Conversations with immigrants and the children of immigrants. And uh, on, on Instagram, that's at First Gen Burden. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, SoundCloud, all that jazz. Dude, this has been incredible. And also, if you want to watch television, um, you know. MTV. Yeah. CMT. Tune into MTV, VH1, CMT, and or Logo. And also, check us out on YouTube. There's some great YouTube content. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate it. Love you. I don't want, I don't want you getting any more trouble. So uh. Love you too, brother. <laughs> all right, man. Cheers. Power yep. to the right to overcome the left.